0: I'm so excited to be here with you all, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's the last week of classes. Who would have thought that we would come here to this exact moment in this place? I want everyone to take a few moments of silence to think about where you started this semester, what have you accomplished, and where are you now? How have you surprised yourself, and where have you grown? As I thought about these questions myself, it's truly been an amazing semester here with all of you. I've grown countless ways and definitely surprised myself. As a resident minister, there's a lot of other duties as assigned, like being on Ox. My music taste isn't normally the best, so my friends really never let me be on Ox uh, until I came here, so it's kind of great. Last week, when after Murphy Mass, we were listening to Christmas music and eating cookies, I was queuing up some different songs. I began discussing with Christine and some others about what our favorite songs were. I couldn't help but name Mary, Did You Know?, but the Pentatonics version. Um, I remember hearing this song as a kid. It was in my first introductions thinking about Mary in a deeper way. As someone who identifies as male and who is not a parent, Mary is not someone that on the surface, at least, is easy for me to identify with. As I reflected on the theological weight that today carries, I thought back to the song. When answering the question, Mary, Did You Know?, my initial response was, of course she did, the angel just told her in the gospel. Um, it's pretty obvious. The angel said that her son will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This sounds like a pretty great kid. Mary's told all about her son's positives, but could she have predicted everything? The angel foretold that Jesus would be a king and the Son of God, I'm sure that Mary had a lot of thoughts going through her head after her visit from the angel. I'm sure she envisioned her son being a hailed hero and loved by all people. Mary could have envisioned this but could she'd also have envisioned the suffering that her son would endure. Mary could not have known everything that would happen to her and her family over the next 30-ish years, and I can't imagine that Mary would have envisioned that we would still be talking about her here 2,000 years later. I've never been someone who has a particular devotion to Mary, but I tried to do a little bit of imaginative prayer before this reflection. When I read the readings and I saw Mary, I didn't see the powerful Lady of Guadalupe or Lords. I saw a scared young girl. While we don't know how old Mary was, scholars estimate that she would have been between 12 and 16 at the time of this event. Can you imagine? I don't know about the rest of you, but when I was 15, I was definitely not ready to be doing anything that Mary was asked of. Yet, she still gave this ultimate yes In today's readings, we saw two examples of God coming to humans. In the first reading, God goes to Adam, and Adam responds by hiding from God. In the Gospel, when God comes to Mary, Mary responds with a yes. In fact, she says, May it be done to me according to your word. She doesn't say, Let it be done as I want, or anything else, but as you will. She does not place limitations on God. She does not think, I will dedicate myself partly to him, maybe for a little bit. I'll deal with it, and then I'll do what I want later. Mary loves God, and she trusts herself to him, in all things and for all things. While this may seem like a daunting task, giving this yes like Mary is a little scary, but God doesn't ask of us what he asks of Mary. At least I hope not. He knows what we can handle and doesn't overburden us. What does God ask of us personally? I want you all to take a few seconds and think about what God might be asking you to do throughout this semester. And I'm not talking about solving world hunger, but what is God asking you to do in your daily life? It can be easy to do what God asks when he is right here with us. But what about when we feel far from God? For Mary, that reality was pretty sudden. Right after she said yes to God, the angel departed from her. I go back to that scared young girl. What must have been going through her mind? Even though she was chosen by God, life was not going to be easy easy for her. Before this interaction with the angel, she had a future husband and a life planned out. After hearing from the angel, the social and legal problems that would have come her way might have seemed insurmountable. If Joseph, had, Joseph hadn't stayed with her, she could have been killed, and likely would have been killed for becoming pregnant outside of marriage. With all of these pressing issues, Mary placed her faith in God. This is something I've always struggled with, how to feel God's presence in the hard times. I found a reflection on today's readings from Pope Francis. Addressing a crowd at the Vatican in 2018, Pope Francis said, She is left by the angel, but believes that God remains with her and in her. And she trusts she trusts in God and she is certain that with the Lord even in an unexpected way everything will be fine this is the wise approach not living depending on problems when one ends another appears but by trusting God and entrusting him every day here I am here I am is the phrase and here I am is the prayer the strongest message I have taken from Mary and Pope Francis is here I am as a prayer We can present ourselves to God, and he will respond with love and care. Saints throughout history have presented themselves and to God, and have all received different callings, whether it be Mary, Ignatius, Oscar Romero, Ida Ford, Thea Bowman, or Dorothy Day. When I think about doing the same things as these holy people, I get scared. What if I can't live up to their legacy? I'm afraid to say, here I am, but God won't ask me to do a Mary task or a Dorothy Day task. He'll ask me to do a Miles task. Thomas Merton once famously said, for me to be a saint means to be myself. So I know this Jesuit. His name is Father B. He is 94 years old, and he wanders around Xavier's campus and says hi to every student that he meets. Um, There's a little ritual that when you interact with him, you walk up and say, hi, Father B. And he'll go, oh, how are you doing today, saint? Father B calls everyone saint. Um, Many students like to think that that's because he doesn't know our names. Um, which might be true, but if you ask Father B, and I found this in an interview, he says, because that is what we are. We are God's holy people, and we tend to be negative about ourselves. We overlook our own holiness. I'm very grateful to be here and share my life with these people, who I have found to be overwhelmingly good. I want to be with the saints. So I know I got kind of off track from the reading, but I wanted to share this story with you all because I think it's important to remember. I don't need to be Ignatius, Romero, or Mary. I need to be Miles. To be a saint means to be myself, to be honest with myself and with God. On this holy day, we can look to Mary and her life and learn from her on how to trust God and to give yourself to God. I started with this reflection, talking about the song, Mary, Did You Know? Well, I don't have a definitive answer. I don't think that Mary could have known everything, and that's what makes her special. She did not know what she was getting into, but she trusts in God. As Pope Francis said, Here I am is the phrase, and here I am is the prayer. Ooh. Will calm the storm with his hand Did you know that your baby boy Has walked where angels try